Let's go in our Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 1. We are in our Advent series. Today is week 4, and we have discussed the Advent of hope and the Advent of peace, the Advent of love, and as you have caught the theme today through the songs and so much going on, today we're talking about the Advent of joy. Advent being Uh, a word that comes from the Latin word adventus, meaning coming or arrival. And so at the Christmas season, we, we remind ourselves of the emotions that were felt at the first advent of Jesus and then allow that to reset our gaze to our emotions that we should be feeling at the second advent of Jesus. And just like the people in the scripture who were looking forward to Jesus coming as that baby born of a virgin, we look forward today to Jesus coming again. And we just sang about it a few moments ago in one of those songs, how he will come again and we will go with him in the clouds. Luke chapter 1, verse 39, we're going to read, In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Elizabeth was Mary's cousin. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we can have joy in you, a joy that is not um, up and down or circumstantial or wavering based on what our life looks like, but a joy that is intangible, a joy that comes internally through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. We ask you for that joy today, and Lord, I ask by your Holy Spirit that you would open eyes to see the truth, that you would change hearts to know you, to believe in you, and to love you, and therefore to find joy in you. In Jesus' name, and everyone says amen. 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 See, Christmas is a season that is commonly known as a season of joy. That's why if you go shopping right now, no matter what store you go to, you're going to see t-shirts and sweaters and mugs and pictures that have that three-letter word on it, that word joy. The question is, where does joy come from? All right, so here's my poll from the kids One more time, if you have an idea of where you think joy comes from, and parents, I recognize this is a little bit of a gamble. (laughs) Kids, if you think you know where joy comes from, go ahead and let me hear it right now. Any kids know where joy comes from? Oh, we got a home run right away. What was that? Jesus. That's right. Now, that's the good, awesome, true answer. But in our season right now, a lot of people try to find joy, try to make joy in things other than Jesus. And we have a lot of things in this season right now that try and teach us what joy should be about rather than Jesus. And we have a lot of feelings, deep happiness that pretends to be joy 
in these other things. The thing about we need to recognize the difference between happiness and joy. Because even though they're relative, they're not the same. See, happiness comes and goes based upon what's happening in our life. I remember, kids, when I was five years old, opening a present. Now, I'm going to ask you one more time for for a little bit of feedback. Kids, get ready to to yell it out really loud. Let me hear you. What is the greatest present that you ever opened on Christmas morning? I'm going to give you, oh, no holding back, a puppy. I didn't hear that. What was that? I don't even know what that is, but it sounds awesome. All right, we got puppy and Lego Bugatti. I, I don't know. What else? Anybody have anything else that was your favorite present you ever opened on Christmas morning? Legos, come on. All right, we got the strong corner over here. Legos, I can feel you, man. I love Legos. I let, yeah. Okay, so I remember when I was five years old, Christmas morning, myself and my two older brothers waiting, looking at those presents under the tree. And I remember we had all sorts of presents and we opened them up and we were excited about all of them. But there was that one tree, there was that one present under the tree that you knew was a little different, right? That one present that you're a little bit more excited about, that one present that also your parents tend to stave off to the very end to let you open. My brothers and I sit down. It's got all three of our names on it. We're excited because we have suspicions on what this present could be. And they say, all right, go ahead and open it. And like rabid dogs, we take the paper off of this box. The first peel reveals the red letters, N-I-N-T-E-N-D-O. It was the Nintendo. I'm not talking about a Nintendo Switch, not even a Nintendo 64. I'm talking about the original 8-bit Super Mario Brothers. Thank goodness the pop worked. That would have been embarrassing. I'm talking about the very first Nintendo with Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, Quack Quack, all that stuff. And my brothers and I, jumped and screamed and ran in circles and hugged mom and dad because we were happier than I think we had ever been. And the interesting thing happens, we plug in the games and we're playing them and we're having a blast for days, for weeks, even possibly for months. But the interesting thing happened that once we had beaten all the levels on Mario, had stomped on all the little Koopa Troopers, had kicked all the Ninja, well not Ninja Turtles, that was another game, but after we had kicked all the turtle shells, after we had found all the Easter eggs in the game, it came to a point where we had exhausted the game and it no longer brought us the feelings that it once brought us, which led us to needing something else and needing something more, which shows that the happiness that we felt that Christmas morning was truly just that. It was only happiness, not joy, because there's a difference in that joy comes from the Lord where happiness is based on things going well or things that we have and happiness is fickle. It's fleeting. We have it in a moment and just like that it can be gone. You can have happiness on Monday morning going into work, parents, right? And one thing happens at work and your happiness is gone. Kids, you can be happy because something happened in your life, you scored that goal, whatever it could have been, and then something else happens opposite that, and then the happiness is gone. And the good news is that God's word does not promise us fickle, little happiness. It promises us everlasting joy 
found in Jesus Christ, the difference between happiness and joy. Let's look again as we consider Luke chapter 1, what we just read. We see where Mary, pregnant with the baby Jesus, goes to visit her cousin, Elizabeth, who's married to Zechariah, who Elizabeth is also pregnant with whom would be John the Baptist. And they show up, they go in, she greets Elizabeth, and the baby, John, in Elizabeth's womb, six months pregnant, leaps for joy. Kids, here's your chance. You get to get up and show me a good leap if you want to. On the count of three, oh, we're not even going to wait. Okay, count of three. One, two, three good leaps. All right, we have a couple. Nice. You can sit back down. Great job. Great job. We're going to have a a contest later. Not really. Okay. The baby, six months in the womb, which evidence for life right there, life in the womb, John the Baptist notices, feels, senses the presence of the coming Messiah and in the womb leaps for joy. Not only did, was that something that was noted in the narrative? But, but Elizabeth herself, she says, man, when I heard your voice, the babe within me leaped for joy. See, there's something different about this baby, Jesus. There's something that is causing joy, not only to Zechariah. We can read more in the story about how Zechariah responded to this. Not only Elizabeth, who's elated and full of joy. Not only the expectant mother, but even an unborn baby had joy at the advent or the arrival of Jesus. This is a joy that's so much deeper than, I hope I get a Nintendo Switch. This is a joy that's so much deeper than I hope I get a diamond ring. This is a joy that's so much deeper than looking for that brand new pair of socks, because we're not going to knock socks, because a brand new pair of socks can feel like heaven for, for the feet. We're talking about the supernatural joy that causes a baby in the womb to leap. See, this is so different than the happiness that comes and goes with our circumstances. If, if, if what we're looking for in this joy is in, um, is in our bank account, again, is in our uh, government being built right, if it's in our circumstances, if it's in our health, if it's in all these different things in our lives, then when those circumstances change, and our happiness comes and goes. But joy is so much different. Let's look at Romans chapter 15. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Rome, says something powerful in verse 13. He says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. See, we see that there is a connection between your joy and your believing. There's a connection between your joy and what you believe. Let's read that verse again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So in our believing, there is the fruit of joy and peace from this God of hope. And he goes on to say, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. 
So if you're going to have joy in your life, not happiness, but joy, which is deeper, joy that cannot be touched by good times or bad times in your life, if you're going to have a joy that cannot be taken away from you, that joy is connected to what you believe about Jesus, and then that belief leading to the Holy Spirit coming in and anchoring your joy and your hope in Jesus. See, what do we believe about Jesus? What is true about him? What do you absolutely believe about Christ? Our belief in him and who he is, what he has done, is the anchor of our joy. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is with you right now? Those of you who are in suffering, I recognize Christmas is not a season of joy for everyone. I recognize there are people who today are going to be going through their very first holiday season without that special loved one, with that empty seat at the table. And so where there should be feelings of joy, there are feelings of pain, feelings of sorrow and grief. Often in times there are people who are wrestling with loneliness in this season. But when we cast our eyes onto Jesus Christ, the long-awaited Savior, who for us today is yet again the long-expected Savior, who we are looking forward to again and saying, come quickly, Lord Jesus, even so, come quickly. Why? Why would we say that? Why would believers say, come quickly, Lord Jesus? Because we look at our lives right now and we look at our world right now. And even in the good times, we can look around and still go, there's got to be something better. And even though we can be in seasons of, of suffering or pain or going through trial or hardship, God has not said, figure it out. He hasn't said, toughen up, buttercup. One of the names for Jesus in the narratives of Christmas season is Emmanuel. You know what it means? God with us. And so if that's you today and you're in the season of of feeling like that joy is out of reach, or feeling like that joy is something that's just given to everyone else and, and you are abandoned to your loneliness or to your pain or to your hurt. God declares, no, in the name Emmanuel, I'm with you. And we can see in this passage of what Paul's telling the church at Rome that this God of hope, not a God of despair, Not a God of rejection or a God of loneliness, but the God of hope will fill you, absolutely fill you, not give you just a sliver, not give you that little salt bay drizzle. We're talking about the God of hope filling you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And so today, if you are one who is navigating and wrestling with these negative feelings this season, I hope and pray that the God of hope could fill you with joy and hope. How? And you believing the truth about who Jesus Christ is. 
and you believing the truth that God is with us and you believing that joy actually is available to you by the Holy Spirit coming in and changing your heart and giving you a new hope. Not a hope that just, not, not the mere little hopes that just your circumstances would change, which is fine to hope for and we should pray for, but a deeper, eternal hope in that we have Jesus Christ in us now and he will yet come again. This is our flotation device, so to speak, in the seas of turmoil in our world and in our lives. Our joy, our peace, and our hope are all connected to our believing. I'll say that again. Our joy, our peace, and our hope are all connected to our believing. See, joy is a divine gift. It's not inherently human. That's happiness. It's not that we try to manufacture joy and try to make it happen. When we do that, it always falls short. When we try to make joy happen, like the Nintendo, like the cars, like the careers, like the money, like the achievements and accomplishments, when we try to use things in our life to manufacture or create joy, it will only be happiness for a little while until we recognize that that pacifier is not giving us any milk. And the hunger will still remain until we spit those pacifiers out and acknowledge them for what they are and recognize that we were designed to be satisfied by Christ and Christ alone. Those things cannot sustain our joy. It's, it's wholly outside of ourselves, whereas happiness is so fickle. Joy is a gift from God that comes from believing the truth, which leads to joy and peace and an ever-present indwelling of hope through the Holy Spirit. When we believe the truth about God, as is dictated from the Word of God, then we are filled with the Spirit of God, and we have everlasting joy. Where we could be like Paul and the other apostles who could be stoned and shipwrecked and beaten with rods and go through whatever we might experience in our lives and still rejoice always. Or as he told the Thessalonians, and we talked about a few weeks ago, rejoice in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you. See, I'm not interested in just giving you little spiritual pick-me-ups. I'm not interested in Sunday service being one more dose for you of a spiritual pick-me-up encouragement that you leave and then Monday comes and you're going, oh, I wish I felt like I did at church again. I'm interested in connecting you to the true source of joy, which is not me and my preaching, which is not the band and the worship that's happening on stage with music. I'm interested in pointing you to knowing the God of all creation, the God of hope that we just read about in Romans, that when we place our hope in him and believe the truth about him, fills us with joy and peace and hope. And today, no matter what you're going through and where you are and where you've come from, that hope, that joy, that peace is available to you in believing through the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 9 as we begin to wrap up and get ready. We're going a little shorter today because of the audience with us. And some of you are going, he really can do this? <laughs> and some of you are thinking, yeah, I'm not placing my bets yet. Isaiah chapter 9. Let's look at verses 
2 and 3, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. This is the prophecy of Jesus to come. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. I'll pause for a moment. Again, if that's you, if you feel like you're dwelling in deep darkness or in the metaphorical land of darkness, there's a light today shining. That light, Jesus Christ. If we went to John chapter 1, we would read about how Jesus is the light of the world and the light shone in the darkness and the darkness could not quench it. Other translations would say the darkness cannot overcome it. You know, if we turned off all the lights in this room right now to where it was pitch black, the only reason that darkness would exist is because we turned the lights off. Wherever there is darkness, when you shine a light, darkness loses. Why? Because darkness is nothing more than the absence of light. Darkness is nothing more than the absence of light. And when we bring the light of Jesus into darkness, the darkness cannot overcome it. There is not some war wherein God is wrestling with Satan and there's a chance that the darkness could win. There is no possibility that that is the outcome. We know the ending that is coming. In fact, we keep on reading verse 3. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice because of you. As with joy at the harvest, they, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. And then we have some more things going on there where it talks about um, pictures of reaping and, and, and dividing that spoil. But ultimately what we can see here is there is a picture of darkness and the light shines in the darkness and the response is a whole bunch of joy and rejoicing. Let's look at that again. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoiced before you as with joy at the harvest as they are glad when they divided the spoil. And I know this isn't in my notes and it's not going to be on the screen, but I'm going to jump ahead to verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall rest upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. We just sang that right. Wonderful Counselor, his name. Andrea sings way better than me. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. No matter what we see in the governments of the world, the ones that rise and fall, no matter what happens to America, of the reign of his kingdom and of his peace, there will be no end. And now, we look forward to that day. And how many of you guys have ever gone to your grandma's house for Christmas, and you walk in the door, and all of a sudden you are greeted with the aroma, that smell of what grandma has been preparing. You know what I'm talking about? You walk in the door, and that smell hits your nose, and you're going, oh boy, it's on. And what happens, sometimes I remember growing up, getting to my grandma's house, opening the door, and my grandma made a spread that was, uh, I mean, just unreal. I'm talking about every countertop, every table, getting out three other tables just to put out the food that she prepared. This took hours and hours and hours of preparation. She started the day before getting stuff ready. 
and walking in and smelling that, even though I got there early and I knew with my parents we weren't going to eat for a few hours, I would smell that and I would begin hungering and longing for what I knew I was about to enjoy. Grandma's homemade from scratch chicken and dumplings. Praise the Lord. I knew I was going to be enjoying Nanny Maris's homemade from scratch, no box, nothing in her house, chocolate cake. I knew I was going to be enjoying all of the wonderful things that Nanny was preparing for me, but I had to wait until it was ready. Otherwise, it wasn't going to taste right. Otherwise, it wasn't going to settle right. And Christmas is the season where through Advent, we are smelling what we know is coming. Our long-expected Jesus. And just like I have tasted Nanny's food before, and it would make me look forward to dining again, we now through the Holy Spirit, have joy and peace internally where we can also look forward to the joy that will come. And right now we have a joy inside through the Holy Spirit and there is a day coming where the joy we have right now will look like elementary, junior varsity. The joy we will have on that day, we don't have a paradigm for in our minds. We cannot even fathom with our finite minds the joy we will experience on that day. So this Advent, let us think, let us smell, let us remember the hope, the joy, the peace, the love that was longed for and manifest in Jesus to where we too today smell what the Father is preparing in the marriage feast of the Lamb, that we will one day sit at the pre in the presence of God and enjoy the glory of the fullness of the glory of God face to face with the Savior of mankind. Where the doses of joy that we have experienced in this world will be like a mustard seed compared to the joy that we will face and experience on that day. You know the old hymn, Blessed Assurance, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. We have a foretaste now. We can have joy now in believing in Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we have that foretaste of joy that leads to the joy that day. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the joy that you have made available to us. Not, not joy that changes in the good times and the bad times, but a joy that is consistent in that we belong to you. Those who know you, those who believe in you, those who have been filled with your spirit belong to you. And in the trials and the tests and the hard times and the suffering that we could go through and will go through, we have you. Just as the psalmist said, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil for your rod and your staff, they comfort us. We know, Lord, Emmanuel, God with us. I pray this Advent season that you would fill our hearts with joy in you and who you are and what you've done and in who you are to us and in us. And if there's anyone here today or anyone online 
that has not been changed by your Holy Spirit, that has not believed, I ask today that you would let them believe. I ask that you would give them the truth today. Let them see, let their eyes see the truth. Let their hearts believe and receive the truth and that they would be changed by your Holy Spirit, that they could taste that foretaste of the joy that is to come. In Jesus' name, amen.